Hi, I'm Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair and welcome to the Pink Chair Show where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to you, to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. I want to ask you a question. Do you have a green thumb? Have you ever been into gardening? Well, today's topic is really interesting because I'm going to talk about gardening and soil. Do you have what it takes to be a great gardener? When I was a little girl, I grew up in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and I remember we lived on several different farms. My mother and my father would plow this land, and we would have to plant all these different seeds and till the ground into straight lines. We would plant like cucumber seeds, mustard seeds. We would plant... Uh, carrots and potatoes and tomatoes and corn. Corn was fun because they're huge, right? Huge pieces. And we would just wait a couple weeks and all of a sudden we'd water the ground, we'd cover the seed up and we would see these beautiful green shoots sprouting up. It was really fun to watch our hard labor actually get recognized by the sun and the earth bringing up that sprout. And I wanted to talk to you today about that because let me tell you something about gardening. Gardening is a skill, but also half of the gardening is not a skill because if you don't have the right soil, I don't care where you're planting your seeds. You could plant it in sand. You could plant it in a rocky place. You could plant it in soil that has not given any fruit for years or decades. It's been overused over the many, many years, just like it says in the Bible that we need to, every seven years, soil needs to take a rest. If you don't have the right soil, you can try all you want. You're not going to get much of a crop or much of a fruitful harvest, right? You know, Jesus talked about that with his disciples. And I remember reading this actually when I was in Italy and believe it or not, some of you don't know my background, but I was a call girl in the sex industry, aka prostituted woman. I was being sex trafficked here in Las Vegas. And I was actually in Italy on a trip with one of my traffickers. And we were stuck in our trailer where we were living. And he was dancing in a show. And I brought my Gideon Bible. And I read the entire New Testament for the first time in my life. And I came upon this story in Luke 8. And it says this, Luke 8, 4, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as been planted. When he had said this, he called out anyone with ears to hear, should listen and understand. And then his disciples asked him what the parable meant. 
He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Don't you love that when he said that, you guys? The secrets. What are the secrets of the kingdom of God? But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't really understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Imagine that, sitting in a trailer in Italy, knowing that when I got back after three months of this trip, when I got back to Las Vegas, it was back to business as usual. Walking in to the hotels, getting my pager, getting my cell phone, which back then there was basically not much internet. There were no smartphones, but answering my cell phone and telling the operator, okay, I'll go to that call. And I was planning on continuing to work as a call girl. However, my heart was torn sitting in that trailer. And I believe it was Frosinone, Italy that I was in when I was reading the New Testament. And I was mortified because I realized that, wow, this is my entire life being shared before my eyes. I have been every single type of soil in that parable. Let me explain. When I was a little girl, I went to Sunday school and uh, I went there probably because my parents made me go. And I remember getting candy. It was playtime for me. I heard the gospel, didn't really pay much attention to it. Was sitting in church with my parents. My mom would cry and I would just sit there and I would think, okay, I have to be quiet. I didn't really hear what the pastor had to say. So in other words, I was that person, right? When the word of God was being thrown into my direction, right? where it says, scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath. I was a footpath soil. I didn't care about hearing the truth. My cares were playing and getting candy, okay? Just being a little girl. When I was about five years old, I remember sitting in Sunday school and this particular teacher came in and made us kids sit down, and she had cupcakes sitting on the table. She said, listen, I want you to listen to this story I'm going to tell you. And I listened intently, and she started to share 
the story with pictures, brutal pictures, by the way, for a child to see, you know, it was a cartoon picture, but it showed of this man being martyred and beat with blood coming from his skin. And then it showed him on this cross. And I remember sitting there looking at that and the teacher saying to me, this man died so that when you disobey God, when you disobey your parents, he forgives you and he dies for your sins. You know, and I've obviously I knew it was Jesus. Well, I remember accepting Jesus. I don't remember what day it was, but I was five years old. I accepted Jesus and I decided that day I was going to believe that I was forgiven for doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing, like maybe lying to my mom or running from my mom when she's calling my name, pretending I didn't hear her. And I actually brought home a glow-in-the-dark cross. It was a shape of a cross and it was probably bigger than my hand and you could put it up to the light and you could make it glow in the dark. And yes, that was my first, my very first experience with Jesus. And yeah, I felt kind of like happy that I accepted him into my heart. Then it says on this other verse six on Luke eight, six, it says other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. So I, as a little girl, started believing in Jesus, but I don't know how deep that became because when I was about eight years old, I started being sexually abused. And I remember uh, being sent to parochial school with my brother. It was Trinity First Lutheran. But I had a teacher in that class named Miss Barbara. And Miss Barbara taught me more about Jesus than I had ever learned before. And we started memorizing scriptures. And I remember the love that came out of her eyes and her heart and just the way she glowed and talked about the Lord. I was super attracted to it because I was like, who is this beautiful person she's speaking of? You know, that he can love us the way she's saying, that he forgives me. You know, and he for, and even though I'm being, and I never told my teacher that I was being sexually abused, but I felt so dirty and so icky from that, that I felt it was my fault. And so when the teacher told me that Jesus loved me still, it's like I got this hope in my heart. And I remember coming home from school and I remember my dad was on painkillers. Actually, no, they were quaaludes, not painkillers. Quaaludes because his dad, his, his doctor had prescribed him quaaludes for his stress at work. And I remember telling my father that he should stop taking pills because I didn't want him to die. Okay, I was about, about nine years old. It was right before Elvis passed away in 1977. My dad um, was... Uh, he didn't like what I was saying. He wasn't agreeing with me at all. And I, I, it kind of got me in this bad place where I got scared. I couldn't stand up for what I believed in. And I really feel like I was at that point in my life. I was the seed that fell on the rocky thorns that Jesus talks about there. The plant wilted and di died for lack of moisture. And then it says other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked it, choked the tender plants. So I pulled away from Christ and I just, he was an idea to me. He was celebrated on Christmas, but it wasn't really a deep faith because I felt like, why should I become that person that totally follows God? Because my life is a mess right now. I'm being sexually abused. My dad yells at me all the time. My dad hits my mother. My dad's angry. He's manipulative. He gaslights our family. He hits my brothers. He hits us. 
and I just didn't feel like I had enough faith. Now I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in that predicament where what you profess to be true doesn't really feel true because of the present situation that you're in, you're facing a trial. I mean, Jesus so said so himself. He said that the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. I really feel like that was me when I was very little before I actually admitted that he was my savior. And then it says the seed on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. And that was me as, a, as an eight-year-old. I started really receiving it with joy from five to eight. That was my years with Jesus, right? But since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a little while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. And then as I got older, I became a teenager started noticing boys. I got date raped. I got um, raped as a, as a teenager. I gave away my virginity to my first boyfriend that I thought loved me. Then it says the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So it never grows into maturity. So listen, you guys, my soil wasn't ready because I was so concerned about my looks I was so concerned more, I think, more anything than having a boyfriend, someone to get married to, someone that would just love me and sweep me off my feet and change my entire life. So you could say that I was the soil that allowed the thorns, the cares and the riches. So you know some of my story later in my life I actually got in this place where I met these traffickers and I learned how to sell my body. I figured, you know, I've already been date raped. I've already had men use and abuse me and throw me away. They don't really love me or care about me. I might as well charge men for it. So I decided to just let go of my faith and believe that, hey, I can make money by selling my body. I'll do God and his work later. See, it was always in my heart to serve Christ eventually. I just told God I needed some time. I needed to do me, okay? Does that sound familiar? Self-care to another level of ignoring God completely, where now he's over on the left side of things. He's on the table, but he's not ready to be eaten yet. He's not ready to be dealt with yet. I don't feel like doing that right now. I did not have fertile soil. That seed could only go so far. It's really crazy because If you have fertile soil when you're a planter and the soil's ready, I've seen gardens go crazy because we had that happen when I was growing up as a little girl. I've seen fields of corn be fruitful because the soil was ready, right? And I remember driving my, or riding my bike as a little girl and going along the sidewalk and there was these big cracks in the sidewalk in Minnesota, Minneapolis actually, driving and and my bike to riding my bike to the lake or and also to one of the rivers Minneapolis um uh the the oh my gosh the Mississippi River and there were these plants coming up through the sidewalk and they were so big that they would crack the sidewalk open now do you understand it doesn't matter if there's cement if that soil is ready it'll split anything around it when the roots go deep So when I was in Italy, let me just get to the chase here. When I was in Italy, I read that parable and it hit me so hard in my heart that I was all those different soils, but I was never the fertile soil. 
because I never had enough faith to believe that God could forgive me fully for what had happened to me and for all the things I did as a teenager, the drinking, the parties, the sex, you know, the, the wantonish, promiscuous lifestyle, the wanting of things, the wanting of the rich lifestyle, the wanting of a beautiful car, of beautiful diamonds and jewelry and the attention from men and just all that that comes with just chasing the wind like Solomon talks about in Ezekiel. I'm sorry, no, Ecclesiastes. When he talks about Ecclesiastes, about chasing the wind that it comes into nothing. That's what I was doing. And at that moment in Italy, I sat there in that trailer and I cried and I prayed and I said, God, please, I want you to make me that good soil. What do I have to do to be that soil? I want to produce fruit. You know that fruit that Jesus is talking about in that parable is the fruit of souls. Is the, you know, he talks about Matthew in 14, Matthew 419, where he says to the fishermen, hey guys, follow me and I'll make you fishes of people. No longer fish, but fishers of souls. Jesus wants us to be the people that spread the gospel. The angel brought it, right? The first time, the gospel of good tidings, the gospel of good news. The truth is this, is that he came to the earth fully as God and as man in a human body. And he came here to die for all of us, for our sins, to redeem us from the evil one, Satan, from our temptations to sin and live a life that is not worthy in God's eyes. A life, you know, and we all know what that can look like. I mean, my life did not turn out very well in the very beginning of my life. And the latter half of my life was awful. It was, I almost died, you guys. I actually overdosed on August 2nd, 2003. Now, when I was in Italy, that was in the 90s. I finally did get out of the escorting lifestyle about one or two years later. Because I did pray, I, I asked the Lord to help me, to give me an avenue, to get me out of that lifestyle. And he did. He sent a man that helped me get out of the lifestyle. But then I, I had severe trauma, complex trauma that I never dealt with. I started getting heavy anxiety attacks, started popping Xanax, painkillers. I got addicted again. And you know what? That led to my overdose eventually. But you guys, listen, even though the full maturity of the soil that I wanted to be didn't happen until August 2nd, 2003, the Lord was tilling my heart. He was digging up all the junk. He was throwing manure on the soil. That's what we have to do when we make a garden, right? If you want plants to grow healthy, the soil needs to be moist. It needs to be full of nutrients, even manure junk. Like Joyce Meyer talks about all, all the time about throwing manure at that fig tree, giving it one more year so it can grow some good fruit. And so that day when I overdosed was probably the best day that's ever happened to me because that is the day that I decided to just surrender every piece of me. And I said, God, I just want to be the soil that you're asking me to be, I'm ready. 
I'm ready for this to sink in all the way. And I'm ready to give you, Lord, a good harvest. So I became the perfect soil for God. And even God talks about it when he talked to Moses. He said, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. Because God was saying to Moses, what I'm about to say to you, I'm about to give you the truth. And I'm about to lay down the Ten Commandments. And I want you to tell my people, you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. In other words, I want you to tell my people there's good news that you can get out of slavery. You don't have to be enslaved to sin forever. You guys, I don't know if I'm talking to someone out there today that's listening, someone that's watching, that the Lord has been asking you to open up your heart. You know, your heart is the soil. Your soul can be ready to receive his truth just like Jesus talked about. And do you know that that soil that, the, that Christ talked about, that harvested a hundredfold, you know, we don't even know. It could be a thousandfold. I don't know how many people God has used me to help get out of sex trafficking, get out of abusive relationships, get out of a bad situation, even just being someone that's an addict or, or someone that's just repetitively becoming uh, stuck into a bad lifestyle that they can't get out of. But I know this, that this is the truth, that if he could get me out of what I was in by me allowing him to put the word of God into my heart, it's really simple, you guys. All you have to do is accept him into your heart. You know, Jesus is the seed. He's the spirit of prophecy. He is the fulfillment of God coming to the earth. A man, a, a full man, but he's fully God to come down to the earth to reconcile us to him. To make that appropriation, to create that bridge between us and God. Because you guys, you know what? Without him, we are not holy enough. God can't even look at us. But with Jesus' blood, we're redeemed, we're whole, we're white as snow to him. So that's what happened to me on that day. August 2nd, 2003, I became that mature, fertile soil. And the rest is history. Started uh, just reading my Bible, going to church, just getting set free left and right from addictions, from hangups, from just severe complex trauma, anxiety, agoraphobia, all these different hangups that I had. And you know, God later, two years later, started a ministry called Hookers for Jesus. I will teach you how to fish for people. And then a couple years after that, the Destiny House was born. Do you see the fruit? This is the harvest, you guys. This is literally the harvest I'm talking about. What God can do for someone that's willing to surrender that hard soil, the hardened heart from the world and what the world and the pain that the world can take us in and bring us into bondage of sin, that God can break up that soil. His love can break up that hard ground and he can plant his love into your heart and he can change you in an instant, just like he did me. You guys, if you got changed by this today, if you were blessed today, can you please give us a shout out on social media at Hookers for Jesus on Instagram, or you can go to hookersforjesus.net. You can email us at info, let us know, or you can also text us or call us at 
888-583-5155. Let us know that you got blessed today. Share this with someone that you think needs it right now. Share this program. And I'm going to tell you something. God is going to use it. He's going to use you too when you open up your heart to him. Thanks for joining Pink Chair today. We just want to let you know that you are loved, you are chosen, and you are the beloved of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Julian roared like a maniac when he lifted the iron poker high above his head. I tried to crawl out of the way, but it was impossible. With all his might, he used the fireplace accessory to whack me on the leg like a baseball bat. The pain was unbearable. It felt like a grenade exploding in my thigh. I didn't know it at the time, but the blow caused the muscle in my thigh to rupture in half. It didn't take long for my leg from the top of my hip to my knee to turn black from the trauma. The background voices of the pimps got louder. Hit her harder, they called out. She is renegading on you, disrespecting your pimping. As I groaned and writhed on the floor in pain, Julian tossed the iron poker aside and whipped out his Glock. Waving it in the air like a madman, he hissed, Today is the day you die. I'm going to shoot you, take you to the desert, and bury you. Who do you think you are trying to run from me? I'm going to make an example of you. As horrifying as this was, I still was terrified by what the next level of torture would consist of. Before I left Julian, I knew the stories of the other girls I was friends with who had pimps. Horrible stories of them serving them and keeping them in line. One of my friends, Cherry, was beat down to the ground, then forced to eat a hard-shell taco that her pimp had defecated on as punishment for drinking while working the escort services. My other girlfriend, Cecile, was repeatedly sodomized with a broom as she was forced to lay on her knees in a bathtub full of ice. You guys, this is from my book, Fallen, Out of the Sex Industry, and into the arms of the Savior. This is the truth of sex trafficking going on in our own backyards of the United States of America. Go to hookersforjesus.net and click on the picture of the book and you can purchase it. Hi friends, it's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here? The peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. I'm Nikki, I'm the Education Outreach Coordinator. Um, I've seen girls come in here and just broken, just in need of something. And we give them a gift box when they first arrive and then the look on their face, because their traffickers taken everything from them, the look on their face is just amazing and precious. And just watching them grow in Christ throughout their journey here is incredible. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly? or just send us a one-time donation, just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on Donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause, and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much. <laughs>